Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Guestimators, the game show where guesswork beats Google. I'm Andy Bush, and every week we try to predict how the British public answers important questions like, what's the best place to sit on a double-decker bus? Don't get us started on that again. Uh, this week we're joined by the brilliant actor Ethan Lawrence after his breathtaking role-playing uh, Joe Poulter in Bad Education alongside Jack Whitehall. Uh, Ethan went on to appear opposite Ricky Gervais in the critically acclaimed Netflix series Afterlife. His most recent role, meanwhile, saw him star in the BBC primetime thriller Boat Story as a police officer tasked with taking down two strangers selling a haul of cocaine they found in a shipwreck. Ethan, welcome to Guestimators. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, well, can we say thank you because you have arrived bearing uh, gifts and goods. Yes. Uh, you are, of course, from, uh, you're a fellow Essexer. I am indeed. And you're from the, the lovely, uh, lovely Malden. Yes, Malden. Malden Town. Malden Town, famous for its sea salt, and you've only gone and turned up with... Three packs of salt. Yes, I mean, I've, I figured, you know, I've, I've often described myself as Malden's largest advocate. Uh, <laughs> it's and, a great place. And uh, Malden's second favourite son, because uh, Sam Ryder took that from me. <laughs> oh, damn it, Sam. <laughs> Sam! No, he's a lovely guy. Uh, so, I've, you know, every time I turn up places, I like to, you know, remind people that we exist. And, yeah, it's the best salt in the world. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, you were talking about uh, having a salt pig. Yes, that was with uh, James Harkin. We were talking about condiments a couple of weeks back, yes. Yes, so I, I figured, what a great opportunity to, to, to fill it up. Just, that is amazing. Just fill up that pig for you. Uh, we've got three packs of salt here, which is which is a lovely thing. You're our first guest to bring in gifts, so we really appreciate that. Well, uh, what can I say? Uh, <laughs> and fair play to you to coming into central London on public transport with three packs of white powder. Yep, in, uh, just stored in the backpack. <laughs> I've got my eyes everywhere. He's dealing. He's dealing these days. Well, we oh really my God, please that. don't say that. <laughs> Well, listen, in terms of quizzes, let's just get down to business here. Uh, we understand you were on Pointless Celebrities last year yes. uh, with your Afterlife co-star, Tony Way. How did you get on? Uh, phenomenally poorly. Uh, we <laughs> went out in the first round, and it wasn't even like... It was the worst kind of going out in the first round, because we it wasn't like we didn't go out in a blaze of glory with a couple of hundreds. We went out because we were just a little bit too high. That was it. That oh, was really? Just, it was like maybe 12 points in it. You went out with a whimper. Yeah, it was rubbish. And like I was, I was, I'm still to this day, I cannot believe more people could identify Roy Orbison than David Bowie. <laughs> I, I refuse to believe it. So I've always been distrustful of large poles, uh, which is... Uh, well, people from Poland? Uh, no, Kevin's oh, right, okay. <laughs> so, so I thought, I thought what best to do is to go, go on a podcast... Yeah. Where the the absolute premise that like the core feature of it is is large poles. Yes, I, I was, this, is, this is me reclaiming my glory. Well, this is it. I mean, you know, it's horses for courses. Obviously, we, you know, go back to James Harkin. Just mentioned there about 
the uh, the condiment uh, episode. Uh, he's an, a very accomplished quizzer, but I, I think Guestimate has slightly short-circuited his normal routes to try and answer a question. So, you know, it, maybe this might be your the thing that you're amazing at. Possibly. Ethan. I mean, I do... I, I am concerned that sort of like the, the trap that has been set here is that anyone who comes on here runs the risk of appearing hilariously out of touch. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, you know, I like to think I'm still Ethy from the block, but like this could be, we could find out that not only am I bad at Pointless, I'm also bad at gauging the mood of the public. Oh, you'll be great. Uh, from the, the mean streets of Malden. Yeah. Right here. <laughs> to guesstimate his HQ. It's brilliant to have you on, Ethan. Uh, we're here for one reason and one reason only, and that is to quiz. So let's yes. start quizzing after a recap of how it all works with Matt Cutler, a.k.a. Statman. Thank you, Bush, and welcome to the show, Ethan. So, Guestimators works like this. We've brought together a group of people from across Britain representing a wide range of backgrounds, ages, and interests. We call them the Guestination. And we ask them a number of left-field questions to which there's no correct answer. Your job is to try and work out what their most common answers were. The best Guestimators players, therefore, are those who can channel the minds of the British public. Any questions before we start? Oh, no, I'm... I'm, 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 I'm I'm clued in. I'm ready. He's poised. Got He's got his pen and paper ready to go <sighs> and the pack of salt. We're all set. <laughs> I actually, actually might put that just in for the camera. Just so. <laughs> there it is. Sponsored by Morden's biggest advocate. <laughs> Sam Ryder wouldn't bring salt to guestinators. <laughs> I like that you've got beef with Ryder. I like this. Yeah, he doesn't know I exist. So. <laughs> it's very much one-sided beef. <laughs> um, so this week's guestinators quiz is called Cookies, Coins and Cosmology. Um, there'll be three rounds. I'll take your answers and it's you versus Bush, Ethan. Let's do that. Fist bump. Fist bump. Boom. We got this. We're ready. It's friendly at the moment. So <laughs> in round one, we're going to be imagining the highly pressurised environment of hosting the heir to the throne. The guestination were told they were making a cup of tea for Prince William and he shouts through to the living room, bring me a biscuit too, please. They were then asked what biscuit they'd ideally bring through. Wow. Before we get to the question, Ethan, in terms of popping into your head, do you have a favourite biscuit? Uh, oh, that's tricky. Uh, it, it really depends on the on the on the context. I think. Uh, let's just say early evening cup of tea, watching TV. That's a custard cream. Oh, that, that is that is fully a custard. cream. It's a classic. Yeah, I mean, it's ah. Oh. I think people people underestimate the power of a custard cream. I yeah. think it's a very underrated biscuit. It's an overlooked biscuit, isn't it's, it? People they're always going on about the hobnobs and the digesters, yeah. but you know what? <laughs> on a day like today. Yeah, in a world like this, spiraling out of control, sometimes you just need the grounding of a custard cream. And I, I to, to all the guestination, I, I say, just, just do it. Yeah. Just get yourself a custard. Cream. You won't regret it. They should drop them into conflict zones. To, uh, that's why I've to always calm said. It down a bit. I've always said that you could, you could... airdrop it. <laughs> that would have been great. Well, let's see what biscuit-based question uh, the stat man has got for you here. I'll give you the top five at the end. Question: One, what was more popular? The chocolate digestive or the chocolate hobnob, which was chosen by more people on the guestination. Hmm. So t- two biscuits that kind of inhabit slightly the same turf. Yes. Um, do you have a preference of either of those two, chocolate digestive, chocolate hobnob? I'm, I'm a digest. I'll pick a digestive there, uh, just because I think a hobnob is, is a bit of a faff. Okay. Why, is, know, it, why it, is that a faff? It's it's coarse. <laughs> it's got uh, you know it's 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 uneven. Yeah. It's it's a it's a complex bite. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, uh, but for a digestive, it's very simple. You know exactly what you're getting. That's a good point, because I watched, weirdly ended up watching a TV show um, a few weeks ago about how they invented hobnobs. And, okay. and the guy the guy was demonstrating it, and he was just packing this stuff together. It was like loads of little like seeds and that. And it looks a little bit like what birds eat, but they have it in a ball format. You know, they have birds eat fatty balls, don't they, in the back garden? Birds eat fatty balls. Andy Bush, 2024. There you go. Put that <laughs> on my LinkedIn profile. But it was like a flattened down version of that. So I think, you, you know, that is a good point. But then I guess you've got to get into the mind of the British public. What, what would they say? Well, see, I think the issue that we have here is not so much what the British public want. They're thinking about their guests. Good point. They're thinking about William. Yes. Now, here's the thing. Are you going to fob William off of the digestive? Or do you go for that more complex thing because he's used, he's used to luxury? But what is extra, though? Because I, I can't work out what's the more refined and upper-class, uh, you know, top-table biscuit there, the digestive, chocolate digestive or chocolate hobnob. What are you thinking? Well, the digestive, I think, you know, no, no disrespect to, to William, but the, the digestive's a working man's biscuit. <laughs> you know, that's 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 salt of the earth, that. Malden salt of the earth. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, hobnob, like I said, it is more complex, it's more coarse, it's... It fi- you hobnob with the elite, don't you? Well, there you that's, go. That's, that's where the that, word comes from. That's, that's, right? that's, that's popped into my head just now. And oh, my I'm God. I'm thinking, do, do, is, is it a treat? Is it a treat that you would do for a royal? So is I think we may have made a discovery here on Guestimate is that hobnobbing comes from, it's the verb of the biscuit. Is that right? So it's, it's, I, the hoi I, I, I assume it's that way around. That's how it works. I've got no reason to believe otherwise. <laughs> wow. So what, what are you going to go for then, uh, Ethan, in terms of, uh, for Wills? A biscuit on a plate, what's it going to be out of those two? What, what do the Guestination think? I'm, I'm going to go for hobnob, but I think it's going to be close. I'm going to go chocolate digestive just to go to the other side of Ethan there and see if I can fish in those waters. Statman Matt. Okay, lock those in. Um, Ethan, interested in your perspective on this one. What was more popular for question two, the bourbon or the custard cream? See, here we go once again because we've the, 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 the rogue element is Will. Yes. Yeah, you know I mean, I think if we were just asking speaking of Harry about again. the biscuit, if we were just asking about the biscuit, this would be a completely different. But it's not because you're there, you're making a cup of tea. I don't know how he takes it, probably complexly. <laughs> like, you know, you have to get the lapsang souchon out or whatever. And so you're there and you're thinking to yourself, God, he's, he's, he's going to be king one day. Yeah. You know, I can't just, I can't just, I need to give him a special biscuit. And I. D- mm. The weird thing is, if you said that oh, I had Will's round for, for, for tea and biscuits, People will want to know what biscuit you gave them, and you'll be ever forever linked to that, wouldn't yeah. you? Do you know what I mean? But although I guess you could sort of you could sort of fob it off by saying, "Oh, he asked for." That's a good point. Because you know, who's in a check? Uh, I would well, say there's, there's an effort barrier there. <laughs> well, but bourbon, 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 however you describe it. Bourbon that, is the whiskey. Bourbon, bour- bourbon creams for me are prayer group biscuits. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> they carry a religious significance. They've got religious significance. <laughs> so uh, maybe that is body of Christ. That's what you get at the front there in the key. But um, there's a redefining Catholicism over here. The sacrament. Making it up as we, as we go. Uh, custard. I think for me, custard cream. Surely it's got to be. Well, that, that's there. that's that's a treat biscuit for me. So I know for myself. Yeah. If if I was to, you know, if if I was in this situation, I would be thinking to myself. I'm going to give him the custard cream. Yeah, he can have my custard cream. <laughs> I'll go with that as well. I think it's custard cream. Oh yeah, we're both going for custard cream. I think. I think we've we've argued our way into it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just I, I I just can't see someone going. Yeah. You know, we'll give him a bourbon. <laughs> you know, it's it's sort of it's almost like a diplomatic uh, incident, isn't it? Yeah, you know I mean, protocol it, breach. Like, I mean, ideally, you'd have Ferrero Rocher. That would be. Uh, yeah. But like, we, that's that wasn't the question that was asked. Served on a velvet pillow. It wasn't, but you've led me nicely into question three. So one person on the guest nation said fig roll. Okay. 
Okay. <laughs> now they can I just say they are my favourite biscuits. Really, I love figgy biscuits. Are you saying fig rolls a biscuit? I think it, I call it a figgy biscuit. Ah. Well, I'm I'd, sure the destination will absolutely trounce me I'd, on I'd this. I'd say it's more of a roll. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's no roll category though, is there? Where are the rolls if you're in the supermarket? Well, there's, a, there's a fig one. All right, let's fig roll. Any other rolls? Um, Chocolate roll, mini roll, mini roll. Mini roll. Thank roll. you. There we go. Here we go. Here we mini go. Rolls, not a biscuit. Swiss though. roll. Swiss roll. roll. Okay, maybe there should be a section called rolls. Okay, in. we're in the. Although I do think ultimately I'm, I am going to move away from that now because we're we're sort of in the realm of cake, aren't we? We're, we're sort of. That's a good. But like, if you were to draw, can I draw a, a, a fig roll for you? Yeah, uh, Ethan, right. <laughs> we're, we're doing diagrams on destination, <laughs> right? That's not a roll, though, is it? That looks like a. That's a normal biscuit. Well, it looks small. It's a sort of pillow, isn't it? It's yeah. Like a kind of pillow construction. And I'll draw you. A, I'll draw you a Swiss roll. There's very much a roll element to it, whereas I think fig biscuit is just like a. I don't know, a pillow, isn't it? Yeah, for, for what it's worth, I definitely think it's a biscuit. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. I didn't think you'd come to my, my rescue on this. Hey, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it's horses for courses. Can I have it? your support on this, Ethan, if I'm going to take I, this to Parliament? I mean, give, given that it's in the biscuit question, I have I have to... Yeah, I, I'm not happy about it. Okay. But I, I do have to back you on on this on this biscuit trip. What, what, one thing I will say about... Sorry, I don't want to take up all the time. At all <laughs> no, no, this is important. <laughs> this is vitally important information. I like them, and, and I've loved them for years. And I, I used to eat them before playing football, because apparently they're quite good for like energy and everything. But... Someone told me recently that they might have dead wasps in them. That's how a, apparently how a fig um, comes to maturity, I think. A wasp crawls into it and dies. So it's and a dead it... wasp in each of them? Yeah. But, I mean, you, you eat eggs, don't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh no. You ruin eggs for me. <laughs> I sort of feel like, you know, we, we're all putting things in our bodies that, like, ultimately, if you think about it, not great. <laughs> like, you know... So don't think too hard about what I, you're I, in. I really think you should not think too much about the dead wasp in the figs. <laughs> dead wasp in the figs. Dead wasp leave, in the figs. Leave that one, leave that one be. Sorry, stat my map. What right. is the question on it? One person said fig roll. I want you to tell me what decade they were born in. Oh, that's put me in a... In a mm. okay. okay, well, I mean, I, I'm, I was born in the 70s, so if it's people of my ilk that would have been given fig biscuits, I'll go for the 1970s. Because I, I was... I, I, I hate to say it. Yeah. I hate to say it. It's an older person's biscuit. Thank you very much. Like you know, it is not like us thrusting young folks <laughs> out here with our with our Gary Baldies. No. <laughs> what, what decade were you born in? Though? I was born in the 1990s, sir. Oh my oh, god, that hurts. That hurts. Yeah. So, what, what's a 1990s person's kind of biscuit then? Would you say you think it's a Gary Baldy? Gary Baldy? Oh, no, it's definitely not a Gary Baldy. I, I said that because I suspect I actually genuinely thought that that might be the one that people said the <laughs> least. I guess maybe they didn't even say it at all because who who would give a why would you have a Garibaldi number one? And number two, why would you give a Garibaldi to the future king? Imagine that. Yeah, that, that's that's you, that's grounds for being thrown in the tower. You'd be tasered by his personal security <laughs> escort or something. A Garibaldi? No. No, thank you. So no. Someone of your generation, what is their, their biscuit then? All I can I can you know, I can't give broad stats, I can only give anecdote. And we're we're back on custard creams now. Okay. So <laughs> back to the custard cream. As as we all should be. Uh, so let's let's try and work this out then. One person said fig roll, what decade were they born in? What are you saying? Uh, so you're going you're going for the nineteen seventies, aren't you? Yes. Uh, to make it interesting, I'm gonna go for the nineteen sixties. I think they might just Ooh. be just slightly that bit older. Okay. Because it is it is uh, an old fashioned bicky. And I think there's a certain level of, uh, yeah, sort of, of a, a respect for a royal there. It's sort of like saying, no, you know what? You're, you're old fashioned. You're one of us. Biscuit yeah. gravitas, we'll call it. <laughs> Biscuit gravitas. Exactly is. this. Uh, there you go. Locked in, Matthew. Locked in. So I'll give you the top five in in order of what was uh, most commonly said. 
topping the charts was the chocolate digestive. Wow. Which, mm, okay. okay. Only just ahead of Hobnob. You were right. They were, they were very close. I figured it would be. I figured it would be because they're, they're popular biscuits. They're both elite. That means, Bush, you scored a point on that, Ethan. You didn't. Um, in third place was the bourbon. No, no. way. And the f- and fourth place was the custard cream, so they were all very close. But yeah, you um you yeah, you both went for the wrong one, I'm afraid. Damn, who'd have thought Bourbons were so high on the list there? Because I I discard them, I, yeah. I I cast them aside. I also find as well if you buy a pack of Bourbon biscuits, someone's been around with a hammer and, and has always broken the oh, first three or four. Always shattered, they're always shattered. Um, this country, this, I know it's going to the dogs. <laughs> and then fig rolls. Before I give you the answer to question three, we're actually going to hear from the person who said fig roll. Okay. Wow. Uh, here's what they said. Let's see if you can pick how old they are by their voice. I think this is a new dynamic to the quiz. Guestimators. Before I play this, I'm slightly concerned this might be my three-year-old son because he, <laughs> he has a fig roll every single day. <laughs> Good lads. Good lads. Hi, this is Simon from Leeds. Fig roll. I think it's an ideal choice, really. It's um, exotic without being weird. Kind of makes you look interesting. Gives you something to be uh, remembered for when he leaves. Also, from a practical point of view, it's very tidy. You know, maximum two bites, possibly one. No crumbs, no problem with dipping. Just generally a solid all-round choice for His Majesty, I think. Thank you. There you go. Exotic without being weird. <laughs> that is, that is, that's an elder gentleman. That's like none of that foreign muck. No, that, that, that was my three-year-old son. <laughs> He's a He's very advanced boy. Very well spoken. <laughs> and also that guy saying, you know, Simon there saying uh, it's a two-biter. Um, he does sound kind of, I imagine, someone who might fix something in, what's that program where they bring stuff in to be fixed? Oh, Repair Shop. He's got re- Repair Shop vibes about He's got him, Repair Simon. Shop energy. Uh, glasses with no arms, but on the end of his nose. Yeah, like, what, what do they call those? A pince-nez or whatever it is. Is that what they're called? Uh, something like that. Uh, no, Pons- bit... Pince-nez. Yeah, oh yeah, Ponsnay. Sorry. What, 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 None what? of that foreign muck. <laughs> <laughs> so what what decade do you think he's he's born in then? I'm sticking with sixties. I'm sticking with sixties. I think he's I think he's either in his sixties now or is approaching I th- yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sure. I, I, I think I think uh I think Ethan's got it. I, I think I've gone too too far with the seventies there, Matt. What was it? He's one of your peers, Bush. He is a seventies. He's no! born in the seventies. And that means Bush has got Bush has got two out of three on that round, and Ethan, you're actually I've, on a zero. I've so struck sorry, out completely. Do you know what this makes it? Even though obviously I'm, I'm, um, I've got an adrenaline rush through winning that round. I, I do. I, I'm starting to get vibes of like definitely feeling older. Like you know, I don't. If this one probably won't happen with you guys, but anyone listening, uh, your um, photos of you as a kid starting to look like something from the war years. I feel like <laughs> mine are. And then Simon, there, God bless him, appreciate him sending a voice note. He's got an older gentleman's voice, but then he's born in the same decade as me. So what I'm saying is I'm just I'm just getting older. I might try and preserve myself with this salt you've brought in. <laughs> What's happening is you're having a bit of an existential crisis. Uh, that's exactly <laughs> it. On the pod. Exactly <laughs> it. Oh, well, that is that is galling. Uh, uh, what a strikeout. Not happy with that. So where, where are we with scores right here, then? Scores, you're on a two, Bush, and Ethan, you're on a zero. But there's plenty of time. There's only been three questions. So yeah. you've got seven questions to claw it back. Oh, oh. And I'm going to need it. I'm going to need every point. Well, listen, it's all to play for. Before we get into round two, if you're listening and didn't play the quiz we're doing with Ethan, make sure you sign up at guestimators.com. You know how this works. Every Monday morning, the quiz will land in your email inbox to play, and then you have three days to complete it. Uh, this podcast right here, then, is the first place to hear the answers. And whether you top the weekly leaderboard, you can find all our historic quizzes on guestimators.com, too, so you can test yourself if you missed any. Statman Matt, back over to you for round two. 
Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddleboards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I was worried we'd bring back the same team. I meant those blackout motorized shades. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Hall of Fame son. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Thank you, Bush. In round two, we're going to be triggering an intergalactic war. Yes. We asked the guest nation a pretty stupid question. Which planet in the solar system they thought would have the hardest army? <laughs> and for questions questions one and two, <laughs> what was the most common answer and what was the second most common answer? And I'll give you half points if you say the right planet, but in the wrong uh, order. Do you want the list of planets? Would that be, would that be well, helpful? My only question is if we're including Pluto. I know it's no longer a planet, but was that part of the... What is it? No longer a planet, is it? Yeah, it's been downgraded. It's I a, missed. The, I missed the Pluto downgrade. Email. It's, 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 I think it's. I think it's like a dwarf planet now or something. Is it? Because it's it's smaller than some of Jupiter's moons. Is it? So it's, they're looking at it and it's like, well, no, that's actually just a, a tiny rock that's just oh. flying out near the Kuiper Belt. Well, if if um if anything is going to wind up the population of said planet, that is getting demoted down to being a dwarf planet, isn't it? So well, maybe yeah. that's they're getting <laughs> fired up for that. But are we including it? I can point. confirm Pluto was not included. In <gasps> okay, the answer, oh. so. right. Okay, good. So even though the natives in Pluto are absolutely losing <laughs> their minds, <laughs> the Plutonians, Plutonians are going all, absolutely ballistic. All little yellow dogs. <laughs> that's a Disney reference. Thank anyway. you very much. <laughs> um, I can tell just. From that early little bit of chat there, Ethan, you know your 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 planets and space. Is that right? I think uh, I don't, maybe it's I, maybe I'm generalising, saying boys my age, but I think there's a certain demographic of of, of young men who are obsessed with the idea of space. Yeah, uh, like it's you know it's it's a fascinating topic. Would you like to go up in a rocket, or would you like to go in one of them space? Oh, I don't know because there's there's a certain sort of like like your existential crisis. I think I would have one while I was up there. Yeah, um, I wouldn't want to spend all that money as well. You know these people that go in like space tourists, but they're just going really high and then making them float around like in a like a Jamiroquai video. Yeah, I feel, I feel, I feel like you could space. do that. I feel like there's places you can do that on the ground. Yeah, but one of the things that always struck me, one of my favourite photographs that has ever been taken, it was during the first moon landing, and it's taken from the like the lunar shuttle. Uh-huh. And so in the foreground is Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong. And they're backgrounded by the planet Earth. Yeah. And it's just there. And it's one of my favourite photos because the best thing about it is that every single human being that was living and has ever lived up until that point was in that picture except Michael Collins. (laughs) (laughs) Who didn't. Who didn't do it as a selfie. (laughs) And imagine that. That's a great point. (laughs) Imagine being the only person not in a picture. That is mad, isn't it? Because, I mean, he could have... Imagine if this was nowadays, he would have turned the camera around and done the whole... Oh, yeah, he would have had it on a stick. Yes, (laughs) selfie stick. But, like, uh, there's there's talk. One of the uh, astronauts always stays in the shuttle while they're they're mucking around uh, on the moon. And so they they float around the moon uh, as it's going. And there's stories. You can look this up. It's really fascinating. Interviews with those third men who... When they when the moon's like directly in front of them are blocking Earth, like they're completely cut off. Mm. Like oh, they wow. can't they can't communicate with Houston, they can't communicate with their fellow astronauts. Yeah. And it's so interesting hearing how different astronauts react to it. I can't remember names unfortunately, but it's all online. Uh, but like, you know, one person said that like 
they they felt truly alone like yeah, for the first time in their life they would it was just them no one else no one to get in contact with nothing and like they had a, almost a crisis of meltdown over it whereas another one was like i really enjoyed it because it's the only time houston couldn't talk to me yeah a bit of peace <laughs> I, lo- I lo- loved loved it it's weird though isn't it? it's, it's strange that people that do that I, I imagine similar people might be drummers in bands or goalkeepers at football that kind of you know you, you're a bit of a loner if you volunteer to do yeah, that, that role you're, you're behind the the thing the action yeah i mean it's got a I mean, I'm sure they don't feel this way, but it's got to feel a bit galling if you're sent up and you're the guy that doesn't get to go on the moon. Yeah, you're <laughs> that close. <laughs> like, it's, why bother? But if, they, if they were away collecting moon dust or whatever, I'd be like, I literally just want to go down the ramp. I'll just put my foot on I it. Ju- and get I just want to stand there for a bit. Just a couple of footprints. <laughs> and then there's still there's so many people who, who don't believe the moon landings at all. What's your view on that? Well, I mean... It's not a conspiracy podcast, but... I was, I was say, must, must we bring these people up? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Bloody but, Stanley Kubrick did it in a soundstage in LA or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. the big rumour, isn't it? Yeah, um, silly. And, of course, the, the Shining movie is supposed to have loads of little references to it, according to I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing, though. Like with, When movies are crafted as meticulously as Kubrick did... Like there's little details everywhere, and you can read whatever you want into it. True, that's true. And there's, you know, it's, I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know the man. I don't know. Well, I'm let, not on trial here. Well, let's <laughs> let's uh, let's return to the uh, matter at hand, which is what is the hard, what planet would have the hardest uh, intergalactic army? I mean, it, for me, it's no question, no question at all. It's Mars. And why is that? Why is that for Mars? Multiple reasons. Number one, it's named after the Roman god of war. Yes. Like that. So it's all. It's got war built into its very name. Number two, red anger. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, like I, I just feel like Mars really. We were talking about vibes earlier. It's got a warlike vibe. I yes. think it's it's an angry planet. Yeah. The angry red spot. It's hot as well, isn't it, Mars? Uh, cold. Is, cold. Is it cold? Yeah, it's further away from uh, the sun, so it's it's a little bit colder. I always get Mars mixed up with Mer. Is it Mercury that's closer? Yeah, Mercury's the one that's closest. Is that to a hot sun. one? Uh, that's hot, but not as hot as Venus because it's smaller. I said so, Venus would be better in the outer yeah, season. Yeah, because Venus is the, is the second uh, largest planet, but because it's small, uh, because it's larger, even it's got more of a surface area to heat up, and also got an atmosphere. Uh, that's uh, an atmosphere made up of like noxious clouds and sulfuric acid rain. Oh, okay. Seems like a really nice place to visit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, so you're going to go with Mars then, just because it's kind I, of angry. I, I, no question. Like I just, as soon as I heard that, I was like, Mars. I'm not even, not even, I'm not even brooking any debate over it. I'm going to go for Uranus only because <laughs> I think they got, they got an annoyed. They're annoyed about what they've been called. Everyone's been taking the Mickey out of them for years. I think it's time for a fight back. <laughs> they're all sat there going, "It's Uranus." <laughs> Stop deliberately mispronouncing. And- Sick of this. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to go for the uh, Uranus crowd. Fine, U- U- Uranus, Uranus, and Mars. But I need a second. What, was, what do you think the second most common answer was? Just for question two, from both of you. Uh, I think th- then it. Might, I think may, it may come to a size issue then, because uh, I think it might be Jupiter. Jupiter being the biggest. Is that, um, is that the massive one? Isn't it's it? absolutely huge. They. Uh, I think it's. I think it's uh, Jupiter and Saturn, maybe Neptune, that are literally called gas giants. Okay. So, like, they don't have like a, a surface per, per se. It's just a big ball of coloured gas. Oh, right. Okay. But That's like, not a proper planet, then, is it? If you can't land on it. Well, I always think if you can't land on it, it ain't a planet. That's my <laughs> rule of thumb. He's always said that. I've well. always said that. <laughs> That's why they always leave me back in the ship and I'm not allowed out. <laughs> but, um, I mean, Jupiter, like, what I always like is when people try and sort of like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're trying to sort of like quantify how big something is. Right. And Jupiter is something mad. Like, it could comfortably fit like 12 Earths in it. Yeah. And it, it, the mind boggles of something that big. I mean, you know, I, I thought like it, I thought 
took a while to get in here today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine. <laughs> like, you know, that's a 45-minute train. Like, you know. <laughs> I, I normally work off of um, double-decker buses and football pitches. So if you can get back in touch with us with how wide or long or the circumference of Jupiter, double-decker buses or football pitches, that's, <laughs> that's the normal yardstick. <laughs> I literally just looked over to the man with the laptop. <laughs> Start my map, please. <laughs> I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> I'll go for Mars as the second most, just because uh, I, I think Ethan's got a good point there about them being kind of angry and warlike. Okay, Mars for you, Bush, Jupiter for Ethan. Okay, li- least common answer. This is for question three. What was the one that was said least by the members of the Guestination? The kind of forgotten planet in many ways. Yes. See, now there's part of me... Because of because I did Mars because of its relation to, to war, uh-huh. I, it feels natural to maybe think that Venus is the opposite, given that that's the uh, Roman goddess of love. Oh. But I don't know if people think that way because it is hotter. But then I'm also thinking Mercury because it's little. That's a good point. I mean, I, I was thinking Neptune. People always forget about Neptune, don't they? Do you know what yeah, I mean? it's, it's too far out, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's just in its own lane. I think if, if the solar system was places in the United Kingdom, Neptune would be Devon or Cornwall or something, you know? Yeah. Just plodding along. I don't, I don't think it's going to be Uranus either. Okay. Because I think enough people wanted to make the Uranus joke. I uh, went there. So, <laughs> and in the air from Bush. There is once again in tune with the nation. Uh, so I think enough people would have done that for sure. I don't think, no, oh, this is really hard. It this is one. difficult. Yeah. We haven't even considered Saturn. No, one, no one's even that? mentioned Saturn. Yeah. We've what not about even... Earth? Oh, yeah, Earth. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, we are a planet, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. That's actually oh. the only one with an army. Oh, yeah, that's so weird, isn't it? <laughs> but then I want, oh, see, now that, that introduces another thing because, no, you wouldn't have said that because you're trying to double bluff me. <laughs> I'm trying to think if people would have remembered Earth. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't even consider Earth. It, 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 oh. <laughs> That's what happens with this quiz. It gets I'm, in your head. I'm really panicking because I got zero in the last round. <laughs> You'll be fine, Ethan. You'll I'm be really, fine. I'm really feeling the pressure right now. <laughs> well, I'll lock in. For me, least common answer, I'm going to go Neptune. What are you saying? Uh, do you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with my gut. That's what James Harkin and Bobby Seagull said today. I'm going to stick with my gut, and I'm going to say Mercury. Good shout. Mercury. Locked in. Got those in. Okay, and for question four, we also asked the guestination which planet of the solar system would make the best name for a pet badger and a new brand of string vest. What the? Yeah, this is this is taking a turn. That's right, that's, that has got to be the most niche question you've ever <laughs> asked the guestination. <laughs> and we have some niche stuff on this podcast. <laughs> Just for for question four, I want you to tell me a planet was the mo- that was the most common answer for either of those. So you got you got two two options here. I only need one answer. What was the most common answer for a pet badger or a string vest? Popped straight into my head, and please don't ask me why, because I can't back this up with anything. Okay. Uh, my pet badger, Neptune. Yes. That works, doesn't it? Like, it, it feels... That can you feels call him right. in? Can you, shout, can you do that as if you were to call him in for some food? Neptune! <laughs> Neptune, I've got, got some lovely worms for you. Do they eat worms? I don't know what badgers eat. What do badgers eat? Yes, good point. I mean, they're very sweet badgers, aren't they? They're, you, you forget how big they are, though. I think they're I think they're nasty uh, they're nasty so and so's badgers aren't they? Are they? I think so. No. We had a badger that was turning up a bit out out the back of. You remember during lockdown, all the, the wildlife got ahead of itself. Oh yeah, and, and it was giving it the, you know the big I am the birds were everywhere and all that kind of stuff. Now they're obviously back in their place. Now we've yeah. choked it back up with uh, <laughs> now, now that we've reclaimed the earth. But um, it was we we had a badger that used to used to turn up out the back there, walk around the cars, and was at a kind of I, th- I swear it had like toddler's jeans on. It was up like walking. <laughs> Quite a Larry thing. So really, uh, they seem sweet to me. But uh, we've we've mainly get foxes. Like I used to. So um, once the lockdown started, I started a process where I do a nightly walk every night, right? Just around the block, 
and I've, I've kept it up because it's good exercise. Uh, but when we were deep in the midst of lockdown, there were so many foxes. Yes. Because obviously Malden's very rural, like, you know, it's way out in the country. So many of them. Yeah. These lovely creatures that you just sort of, they'd catch your eye and then skitter off. And they're, they're, they're lovely creatures. They're bold as brass now, though. I mean, I remember you used to, you saw a, you know, saw a, a fox and it would dash out the way. Now I've been walking home in the evening before after uh, doing the show and I've had to move around one on the pavement because it won't give way to me. That's, it, that's how it's Urban changed. foxes are a little bit more, they are you know, a, bit a little like, bit more bold, aren't they? They'll be like, oi. Like, what, mate? What? what, you what? I'm a fox. <laughs> but like with regards to badgers being bigger than you think they are, I think there's a, that's true of a lot of animals. Right. Because... Uh, uh, Malden is quite close to Colchester Zoo, shout out. And um, <laughs> one thing, like, you know in your head, like, you, you understand that giraffes are big. Right? Yeah. You know that. Yeah. They've got a really long neck. You know that. It's not until you're, like, near a giraffe that you're like, oh, you're really big. Massive. Like, you are absurdly big. They're like dinosaurs. I think aren't we, they? yeah. And I think we, we, as people, sort of underestimate how big some animals are. So, yeah. like, a badger, I sort of think, is, like, maybe the size of maybe a small dog, but they're more like a medium-sized dog. But put, put your hand where... Sorry, this is terrible for a podcast. Put your hand where you think a badger goes up <laughs> oh, so, to. Uh, even better, because I'm being filmed, it's actually going to go under the table. I think it's about <laughs> roughly here. Okay, like a, like a Labrador Yeah, size. Sort, of, sort of a Labrador size. I feel like they're bigger than you think they are. Yeah. Well, if you uh, if if you feed badgers or you're you're aware of what they eat or anything like that, do get in touch at Estimators and tell us about that. Let's get back to the question though. Sorry. So you're going to go for Neptune. Ne- Neptune the badger. I'm going to go for the string vest angle. Saturn for men. That's so funny because I was considering that also. It's got and a good product name. I think you're exactly right though. I think sat- Saturn for string vests. That's <laughs> that's strong. That's... Well, we'll find out right now. Okay, answers are in. Oh, before I say that, um, badgers do eat worms. That's that's. Whoa. Thank goodness. Yeah. Don't know where I kept that from. But... All that teeth and claws, and they're just eating worms. Must be, if, and if they're quite, if they're bigger than you think, there must be quite a lot of worms out there. You you would imagine so. That's a lot of worms. A pint I mean, of worms. You think about like whales and stuff like that. They eat that tiny, tiny, tiny krill and plankton and whatnot, and they're like the biggest thing ever. Yeah. Well, there you go. You learn a new thing every day on this uh, podcast, don't you? The most common answer. Was Mars? Yeah. So, wow. Get in. Instinct from Ethan got you there. Nice. That means um, you got a half point for that bush because you put it in second. Uh, How about Uranus? Was that anywhere on it? Well. <laughs> and what about Uranus? <laughs> <laughs> Jupiter was the second most common answer. Oh, so get in. Two out of two there for Ethan. He's back. I'm in. I'm in. However, I would never was here, but I'm here now. <laughs> However, Uranus stroke Uranus was the least common answer. No way. Surprisingly, I was quite surprised by that. I, I just thought because because of the joke. Yeah, yeah. No, me too. Very so, unpopular. Okay, so I've not scored very well here so far. You haven't. And the badger and the string vest. The most common answer for the badger was Neptune. So you oh. were you were in tune oh, with the word. British public there. You I feel so much better already. I feel lighter. Hundred percent in that round. <laughs> oh no, because I said Mercury. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. However, Venus was the most common answer for a string vest. Um, if really? Venus, Venus is also a brand of um, shaving. It is. Yeah, that's what I was equipment. thinking. That seems very odd. Yeah. Because mm. the Venus, again, it, it conjures images of femininity and, like, you know, maybe not then. Apparently not. It also <laughs> <laughs> brings forth images of string vests. <laughs> Canister. But look out for satin string vests for men. That, that could be a guesstimator's merch. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Watch out for that. Forward. Um, so that means, Bush, you got a half in that round, unfortunately. Ethan, you got a three, though. That was pretty, that was Hell pretty yeah. good going. And that actually means you take the lead in this battle. I've, I've leapfrogged you. So you're on a three. Bush, you're on a two and a half. And all to play for going into round three. All to play for. Uh, Ethan, let's very quickly talk about you. You're involved in some uh, amazing and really interesting stuff. What was it like being involved in Afterlife? And what's it like being on set with Ricky Gervais? Well, Afterlife was a, was a, was a very big deal. It ended up being like one of the biggest deals 
reels that I uh, was, was involved with. Uh, so I was in, I auditioned for the first series for like a bit part character. He was called Recorder Kid. Yeah. And the, the whole uh, premise of the scene was that I just jammed a couple of recorders up my nose and played London's Burning. Uh, so I was on set for maybe like 90 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and then and then I left and then my career fell apart. So I went into pizza delivery for a little while. Did you really? Uh, yeah. It was a nightmare. Wow. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was all right. Uh, but um, like I work had dried up. So I was there for like a year. Yeah. And then suddenly I get the call. Uh, saying, oh, uh, we want to bring you back for Series 2 of Afterlife, and it's going to be all six episodes. And I was like, well, okay. And suddenly, Recorder Kid, nah. Recorder Kid no longer is James now. Ah, proper name for him. <laughs> proper name. Uh, so, yeah, it was a great opportunity to go back, and then it was one of my first jobs uh, back after um, lockdown as well for Series 3, which, again, was brought back for all six apps. So, in many ways, like I owe Afterlife a great deal. Yeah. Uh, it's It's opened up so many doors for me. And uh, it continues to do so to this day. And as for working on it, I mean, I'm sure anyone who's ever worked with Ricky Gervais, they always get asked this question. They're like, is it, is it true that he likes to rap early? And uh, for people listening at home who maybe don't know this, like generally a shooting day will start at eight and finish at seven. Right. Something has gone wrong on a Gervais set if we're still there by four. Oh, wow. So he's done and dusted pretty early. Yeah, but that's, that's because I think he has a large amount of creative control with what he does. Like, you know, he not only writes, but he directs yeah. and stars as well. So he has his very meticulous way of shooting. And it, it saves time all across the board. It's very, very efficient, which leaves you more time to play. Uh, so well, we well, had the opportunity to... Well, I was going to say, uh, I had the... I'm a massive fan of his um, extras. You know, and yeah. it, 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 I had the DVDs of that back in the day when DVDs were a thing. Uh, and there was an entire disc of... Um, like outtakes, which was just him mucking around on set. So yeah. it was hilarious. But it sounds like he, he makes it a, a fun environment to be on set. It feels a very free place to be. Like yeah. you know, uh, you know, not 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 to say that it's a better way of working. You know, everyone works in a different way. But like when you're collaborating on something like funny like this, it's nice to have that kind of opportunity to play. You don't often get the opportunity to ad lib entire scenes, for example. Yeah. It's like, you know, one of my other jobs is, is Horrible Histories, where like it, it has to be exact because, you know, we're dealing with history. It has to be true. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. You'd hope. But um, <laughs> like with this, it's such a great opportunity to work with like, you know, re- the real cream of like British comedy. Yeah, like you know, I had a, a great opportunity to work with, um, spend a lot of time working with David Earl, uh, who plays Brian Gittins in the show. Yeah, who is just unbelievably funny. Yeah, like you, you wind him up and let him go, and suddenly you, you, you don't know which way you're going. You're like, you, you don't know what's going to come out of his mouth. So, do you learn things from other um, actors that you've worked with? Is, is do, you, do you pick up stuff off them when you work with them? Do you think it's it's a tricky to answer that question because I feel like you know, I'm going to put a lot of acting teachers out of the job right now. Uh, I don't think you can teach acting. Right. Like, because so much of it comes down to intangibles. Like, you know, I can look at a performance and go, that's really good. But I don't know if I could articulate or explain why it's good. Right. Like, you know, it could be the way the face moves. It can be the way they weight certain syllables in lines. Like, I- I'm obsessed with the way dialogue is structured. Okay. So, like, you know, if I'm going out for an audition, I've got, like, you know, reams of notes of just like how each way I want to weight a word or anything like that, little little tricks and techniques. Oh wow! So like it's for me, it's as much a science as it is an art. Nice. Uh, and and uh, the thing people will have seen you in pretty recently, uh, Boat Story. Yes, amazing cast, them an amazing show. Tell us about that. Well, this was this this came completely out of nowhere. Uh, so I was shooting Horrible Histories at the time, and uh, this audition came through for Boat Story. And I got it, and then suddenly it was like, what are we going to do? Like, I'm tied into a, a contract for Horrible Histories for five months, and they want me to start shooting, like, now. Yeah. And a uh, big shout-out to my agent, Michael Ford, who was able to 
juggle everything. So what I ended up doing was I'd shoot a day in uh, of horrible histories in London, then I'd run across town, get on a train, go up to Leeds, yeah, like collapse, pass out in a hotel, then go and do a whole day of boat story, and then come back down from Leeds back to London oh. to do horrible histories the next day. And you like you don't know how you're going to get through it, but when you sat there sleep deprived on the train, you're going, oh, it is good to be busy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's good. But boat story was an unbelievable experience. Like, I have been like you know I've been professionally acting for twelve years. And I've been like marinated in comedy. Like that's basically all I've done. Yeah. And so having the opportunity to do like a drama, which to be fair does have its its comic edge. Uh, you know, it's it's two brothers productions, and they tend to sort of like infuse quite a lot of comedy with what's going on. But with this, it was so off the wall and strange because it pairs sort of in the, in the sort of vein of Tarantino. It pairs like extreme violence yeah with sort of knockabout comedy yeah it's the best combination <laughs> I always yeah think. so you got you get your high highs and your low lows uh but honestly it's it was a it was a wonderful job a great opportunity and it's it's good to see it having done so well like people really yeah, seem people to respond it. to it like you know some people did bounce off episode one because of the extreme violence and i understand that like you know it's not an easy watch but the people who stuck with it seem to really enjoy it and uh, i'm very pleased with it. and a great opportunity to play a copper imagine that yeah <laughs> It's good for the uniform and yeah, everything. Yeah, I, I got to drive around in a, in a, in a police car. <laughs> if, you, if if you ask nicely, I'll tell you how to turn the siren on. Go on. <laughs> right, it's just it's just under the dash. Oh, okay, <laughs> there you go. So, not quite as hidden as I thought. Yeah. Well, listen. Uh, let's let's get into our final round, Ethan. Uh, what do you have for us in round three? It's all to play for still. Statman Matt. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Velux XC. Juvederm Velux XC is an ejectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Velux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Round three is all about the real thing that makes the world go round. Money. Oh. Mm. The destination were told to imagine that the Royal Mint had asked them to suggest one coin to completely remove from circulation. I want you to tell me, for questions one and two on this round, what was the most common answer and the second most common answer? Right, so the top two coins people would get rid of. Right, okay. Let's rattle through them. Okay. So we've got 1p, 2p, 5p, 10p, 20p, 50p, £1, £2. You know your coins. <laughs> I've never never heard anyone real coins off like that no, before. A, I love money. Did you work in, <laughs> did you work in an arcade? Or, uh... No, as I said, pizza delivery. <laughs> <laughs> you won, you two, you three, you four, the you ten. The thing is, though, pizza delivery, it does count. You know, back, back I was doing that before the pandemic. So like, you used to, people used to pay with money, if you can imagine that. Yeah, in the oh, old what, days. What a world. <laughs> 
Well, I, th- I think as we're moving, it seems we are moving generally in towards a more cashless society. I don't think people are as attached to coins as they used to be. Well, no, I remember when I first went to America, the people used to leave um, whatever what a cent is. They would leave that in the pot on the actual till next to the till because they didn't you know didn't bother using them i wonder yeah. whether r1p is getting like that a little bit like you might not end up taking it with you, Do you well, know I, mean? I know if because i think so, this is why i'm actually maybe leaning towards <laughs> 1p as being the one that gets eradicated most because you only ever get them generally because things cost x 99p yeah and so if you pay with like you know a rounded number you get a penny and then what you're going to do with that you can't pay for anything with a penny and like you know, generally, maybe not so much on the till, but like quite often in shops these days, you have your little um, charity tins, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine how many pennies end up in there. Well, I mean, but that's it. if we get rid of the one pence piece, will that will that remove all that charity money? Are there the implications? Uh, the implications are there, but honestly, I don't think the destination care about that. That's fair. That's fair point. Uh, like, I really think like they're not they're not thinking it's a charitable act to put the penny in the jar. They're just like, I can't be bothered dealing with this penny. So you think the penny now is surplus to requirements? I really do. I do think it's surplus to requirements. Because I mean, you can't buy anything with it. Like penny chews are a thing of the past. True. So like you know, it's 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 functionally useless. Yeah. And and more than that, you get given it when something costs ninety nine p. It's a hassle. Now I've got a coin. What <laughs> what am I going to do with this? You know the, the 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 old phrase: find a penny, pick it up, and all day long you've got a penny. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Can you buy anything for one p anymore? I don't think so. I don't think you can. I'd be shocked if you could. I mean, bloody, bloody inflation. <laughs> you see, conversely for me, I, I'm not a fan at all of big old heavy £2 coins. Really? I don't like them. I don't like the... the what I'll do, I'll have change in my trousers, my jeans, and whenever I go to bed, get in bed, I'll take my jeans off, and then my change always falls all over the floor and my other half has a go at me for doing it. You know what you need? A What's wallet. The, what, I, like, you can't put money in there, though, can you? Yes, they've got little compartments and zips. Really? Yeah, look, look at this, right? I'm going to flash my cash now. Let's <laughs> check out. He's right. getting his wallet out. Right, so... Good old school wallet there for oh, me. Oh, yeah, so you, know, you, got, you can keep, like... Look, look at that, there's a penny in there. No one puts money in those bits, Ethan, surely. I do. I do. Do you know what I would like is a, is a velvet purse, like you used to get in the days of uh, Dick Turpin. Oh, like right? a little money bag. A money bag would be yeah. good, wouldn't it? Yeah, we should move back to that. We should I'd move back to Dick Turpin yeah. days. If I was going to pay you for something, I'd just drop the purse into your lap or something. You just like. hope that you got the right money in. Right, give it back, I'll check that. <laughs> Actually, sorry. <laughs> yeah, just need to. Let me break that two for you. Yeah, so, so you're going to go for one pence piece? I think so. I think it's because it's an active annoyance. Active annoyance, I'm going to say two pound coin, too heavy and outmoded. Nice. And for question two, tell me the second most common answer. Oh, by the way, I didn't say at the start, I'll give you half points if you say the right coin, but in the wrong position hmm what are you saying for second most so obviously you've got some quite big beef with uh a penny any other thing i don't know if it's beef (laughs) i feel like you're mischaracterizing how angry i get about pennies furious about the one pence piece 5p little the little tiny the little tiny nothing coin like it's it's why is that anyway again i think it's an issue where it's like you can't use it for anything nothing costs 5p now the reason why i haven't said because you could say the same with 2p i understand that don't think I don't understand that. But here's the thing. What are you going to put in the coin dozers on South End Pier, if not 2Ps? That's a great point. There's a nostalgia there. Yeah. People remember the 2P machines. Yeah. And if we got rid of that, there'd be, there'd be, there'd be 
uproar. We we took our our daughters to uh, Southend Arcades uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and they love the whole two p machine. Yeah, when I'm not made of money, I'm not doing the ten pence piece thing. Oh, heavens I mean? no! Who plays the ten p machine? No, the two, the old money bags over here. Exactly, the two p machine still a great thing. So it's, it's I mean it's it's the perfect it's inflation proof because it is literally just throwing a pound coin into a hole. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, that's true. It's, so they they'd be foolish to raise those stakes because uh, you know essentially what you're you're just paying a pound to put some money in a machine yeah ultimately you you're not gonna it's not like the lottery right yeah you're not gonna you're not gonna get rich off the two p machine also I think this should be some form of investigation into you get those reams of of tickets come out oh yeah in South End Piers or South End's arcades when you've won and then you take them to the shop where you think you can trade them in for like what you imagine to be a Rolex or a <laughs> yeah, remote yeah. control car you can't buy anything with it all you can get is like a troll. Yeah, Who's you, you, you spent £40,000 on tickets to yeah. win like a teddy bear or something. Yeah, so I mean, it, that needs looking into. So you, you think little 5p, get rid of that? I think little, little 5p, 5p. I, just, I think it's, you can't buy anything with it, which is my problem with the 1p. And it's it's so small. Yeah. Like it doesn't have any kind of, it just feels odd. Yeah. Why is the 5p the smallest one though? Because like, it used to be bigger, they didn't, big. and they reduced it. Did it? Yeah, they had like a. It's probably out... before my time. <laughs> <laughs> Making me feel old yet again. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, in in my in my lifetime, they've created a two pound coin. They made the fifty pence piece smaller and thinner, yeah. and then they brought in a, a tinier uh, five pence piece because a five pence piece used to look like a a nickel or whatever it is in America. Do you know what I mean? It was quite bit. It was a bit bigger. So yeah, it's too small now. I agree with you because I, in my head, I think to myself. It, it sh- the size should go up with the with the amount it's worth. It's a good, like the, good the, rule the, of thumb. The penny should be the smallest. Yes, but we've got this bizarre scenario where it goes penny quite tiny, massive two p, <laughs> tiny five p, normal size ten p. Then it changes shape to twenty, <laughs> and then we've got a massive fifty p down back again for the pound, and then as 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 you said, up for the for the two pound. This massive slab. Two pound coins are just for nanas to sellotape into birthday and Christmas cards. That is the only point. That, that may well be, but I'm sticking with my utility thing. Gonna go you with these- can buy things for two pounds. <laughs> like, two pounds, that could get you maybe, if you if you haggle, two dairy milk chocolate bars. That's good. I mean, that's a good return. That's, that's a, a good, good return. That's a good, with change, let's not forget. Do you know what? I, I, I agree with you on this. I'm going to go, I'll go second. So, second most common, you're saying little 5p. I'm going to go with that as well, actually, just because they're so tiny and useless. Horrible little coins. Horrible coins. <laughs> Okay, great. And for question three on this round, remarkably, there were three coins that were equally the least chosen. I need you just to name one of them. It's got to be the pound, isn't it? I'm going to say pound. People uh, love it's, a pound. It's iconic. Yeah. It's a, great, it's a great coin. I don't think any other nation has got uh, as good a one-off coin as the pound coin. But then that used to be different as well, didn't it? This one I do remember. The change for oh, the one pound coin. What was the pound coin change? Oh, well, the one pound it used to just be a circle, didn't it? But now it's like a like dodecahedron. Or something. Oh, I didn't. I didn't even know that. Oh, you 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 you'll remember. You remember the five p, but not the pound. I remember the pound note. Oh heavens! Remember the pound note? I can't believe that was the thing. Here's a fact for you. Go on then. Uh, the first ever cash machine. It was Barclays, and the first person to use it with Re- was Reg Varney from on the buses. Oh really? He withdrew ten one pound notes. Good old Reg. Which was the maximum you could do at the time. Well, there you go. What a little free fact for you there, there about you cash points. Yeah, Harkin's not the only one with facts. <laughs> in your face, Harkin. Um, um, and in, I haven't marked your rounds yet, so I'm going to ask you a tiebreaker question. The tiebreaker question actually doesn't have anything to do with this round. Oh, right. <laughs> this is this will be left field for, for both of you here. We asked the guest nation what percentage of songs that have made the top 40 in the UK singles chart ever, their rate as, quote-unquote, good. 
I want you to tell me the average answer from across the across the uh, across the board. So, what percentage of songs that have made the top forty in UK singles chart history they'd rate as good? Wow, that's a tough question. It is. There's a lot to unpack there, Statman Matt. There. See now, because you've got such a wide range of ages, you know that at the bottom end, there's going to be like you know, bloody Gen Z. Yeah. Who like aren't interested in the the golden oldie stuff from like the seventies, eighties, nineties. Just on TikTok all the time. It's just on bloody TikTok. On bloody TikTok. But conversely, there's gonna be people of an older generation who don't understand any of this new muck. Yeah, that thing is terrible. Yeah. We can't even yeah, whistle it. Yeah. It's, there's no tune in that. It's just, just, just shouting, isn't it? Yeah, just like shouting. Just like shouting. Um, so it's ooh. I see I sort of feel that heading in both directions. We're going to discover that people really don't like music. <laughs> Overall, don't really like music. <laughs> Just on, on, across the board, not a fan. I think it's got to be sub 50%. I think it's going to be less than definitely, half. Definitely, definitely. I absolutely agree with you on that. What percentage are you thinking then, Ethan? Uh, see, my initially I was thinking 40, but then I argued myself into 35 I'm going to go 40%. 40 is the first thing that's popped into my head. I'm going to go with 35% because I, I just think like people remember the big ones. Like, you know, they'll, they'll remember the everything I do, I do it for you was on number one, <laughs> number one for 800 years. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was most of the 90s, I think. Okay, so 35% for you, Ethan, 40% for you. Yes, please. That's right. Lock it in. Lock it in. Okay, great. So the answers are in. I'll give you the top. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you the ranking of the coins as they were chosen. Great. Top, most common answer was the 2p. It was the 2p. No! Yeah, obviously not many people go into the arcades. So people want to get rid of the 2p. Do you know what? That, that, that's it. We allowed ourselves to be clouded by the fact that we live near the coast. That's it. The, the lure our, of the arcades. Our judgment was clouded. <laughs> oh, we've been done. We have been done supremely. Isn't it weird that the gift you've turned up with at the start, the mould and sea salt, turned out to be our undoing with the whole Essex thing? We've got, we've got a we, clue. We're too parochial. We that's are, our problem. <laughs> <laughs> the second most common choice to get rid of was the 1p. Yeah. So you got a half point there, Ethan. Okay. Thank you. Third was the 5p. It was actually quite close into third position. So little tiny 5p. Unfortunately, unfortunately you were you were both kind of in the in the region there. So it was in the right order, but the 2p throwing it off. That's crazy. I'm really shocked by that. I, I, do people not have memories of the seaside? <laughs> What's happened to this country? <laughs> like I said, it's going to the dogs. <laughs> and then after the 5p, it was the two two pound coin. Then it was the 50p coin, yep. and then equally the least chosen were the 10p coin, the 20p coin, and the £1 coin. Okay. They're the fun coins. People love those coins. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still surprised by the 10. I'm still <laughs> thrown by that. It doesn't feel like it's just a 10. Like, But maybe that's what it is. Maybe it just escapes the, the red-hot glare of the destination. Yeah, I kind of like it. It goes under the radar. So how, how do we feel, do Filled as they were with white-hot fury <laughs> over the two pence. <laughs> Um, but that means you both got a, a point for question three on that round. The answer to the tiebreak was thirty three percent. You were actually very both very close to that. Yeah, wow. we were definitely right with it being less than fifty. Less than fifty percent because people hate music apparently. And you were just two percent out, Ethan. So well done. I certainly was. No, look at that. But we didn't need the tiebreaker because uh, Ethan, does it not count? You got no. You got one and a half in that round. Okay, Bush, you got one in that round. That means Ethan, you got four and a half to Bush's. Three and a half. So hey. you are the winner of this week's quiz. Well done, Ethan. Are well you proud played. of your score? Um, yeah, I, I am. I am. I wish I'd done better in the first round, but like you know, that's that is what I'm going to be thinking about on the way home. Not not my my romping success in the planet round. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be thinking about how I completely misjudged the biscuit mood. Well, I, I have drawn you a diagram of a fig roll. You can take that with I, you. I will treasure it always. But we have someone else to give you, not just the fig roll. We have oh. a present for you. you we, this is the first present exchange we've had on this uh, on this. I, 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 will, I will swap you. 
Oh, thank oh. you. Oh, it's a it. limited edition mug. Oh, thank you so much. I will treasure it. Thank you. Thank you. You can put it next to your point. Do you get a pointless mug? Uh, no. Prize. No, you only get it if you win. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Ethan, what have you learned from the about the British public from uh, playing guesstimators this week then? Well, I mean, I, 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 keep, I keep talking about it, but I, I need to look up what's going on in the biscuit world. Like, <laughs> I, I'm so out of touch with that. But I am genuinely pleased that... Uh, <laughs> And the two P, I'm st- the two. What's going on? He can't get over it. He literally can't I, get over it. I'm, once we leave here, I'm going to Southend and I am pumping as much money as I've got left in my bank account into a two P dozer. Oh, what Just a day to- that would be, though. <laughs> what a day that would be. Well, listen. Thank you for listening. Thank you to our celebrity guest, the brilliant Ethan Lawrence. Make sure you listen right to the end of this podcast to hear Statman Matt reveal who topped the listener leaderboard this week. Uh, we love hearing from you, so please let us know how you did on social media uh, and with a voice note as well. As ever, the voice note number is oh seven four. 457-404-279. The link is also in our Twitter bio. You've been listening to Guestimators, and we'll see you next time. What ho, Guestimators? It's Statman Matt here, and I come with my trumpeters to bring the important news. Can can you stop now? I need to do do the intro. Thanks. Sorry, it's the first gig of the year and they are very, very keen. So, your quizzes have been marked, cross-checked against Ethan's results, and we have had what many people said wasn't possible. After 13 quizzes, our first 10 out of 10 has been scored on Guestimators. Ashling Green, congratulations, you have made Guestimators history. And it means you win this week, just ahead of Martha McKenna, who took second place with a 9 out of 10. We've been waiting for this moment to come, and as a winner with a 10 out of 10, you get the added prize, Ashling, of a golden guesstimators pin badge in addition to your tote bag. We will be in touch to make sure we send that to the right place. Also, from this point forward, we'll have a 10 out of 10 honours board page on the guesstimators website, which Ashling will sit first on for the rest of time. That's all for me this week. Fare thee well, guesstimators. <laughs>